0: All right. Uh, How is everybody? Yeah, tired. Um, It's good to see you uh, today. So, if you are uh, new here, uh, we have been going through the Gospel of John as a church family for a while, Um, although we haven't gotten very far. We're still in chapter one. Uh, I said we were going to be in chapter one for a good couple of months, and we have been. And uh, we are been, we've been making our way through something called the prologue of John's gospel. And we're going to read from there again today. So grab a Bible and turn with me to John chapter 1. There should be church Bibles around you, page number up on the screen. If you brought a recovery Bible, we have a page number up on the screen for that as well. And if uh, you brought your own Bible, you are on your own. So John chapter 1. And I'm going to read a fair amount um, today, and so if you can just follow along, and uh, I know many of you have been with us these last weeks as we've been going through some of these verses, and we're going to reread them today. So here we go. In the beginning, the Word, we learn that means Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Now the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. So we're going to talk about John the Baptist a little bit today. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. I'm going to have you skip to verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or a prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you uh, you do not recognize, though his ministry follows mine. I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany on the area east of Jordan River where John was baptized. All right, thank you for hanging with that long reading. Uh, So. um, I had a birthday this week. Lots of you know that. Thank you. Don't ask how old I am. So I found a couple of aging things. I thought these were um, kind of relevant in my life. I know some of you are lots younger than me. Don't rub it in. These are aging realities. This, some of you will appreciate this one. When one door closes, another door opens. You are probably in prison. Mm,
1: mm,
0: mm. Age 60 might be the new 40, but 9 p.m. is the new midnight. Amen to that. It's the start of a brand new day, and I am off like a herd of turtles. <laughs> the older I get, the earlier it gets late. It's pretty clever. When I say the other day, I could be referring to any time between yesterday and 15 years ago. I remember being able to get up without making sound effects. I had my patience tested. That's not the punchline, Michael. I had my patience tested. I'm negative. When you ask me what I'm doing today and I say nothing, it does not mean that I'm free. It means that I am doing nothing. I finally got eight hours of sleep. It took me three days, but whatever. (laughs) My uh, personal favorite, and uh, yeah. Don't bother walking a mile in my shoes. That would be boring. Spend 30 seconds in my head, that'll freak you right out. And I did want to. I did want to share this other little joke. Um, senior citizen is sitting at a bar. Young woman walks in and sits down a couple of seats over. The old man gets up, shuffles over to her, leans over, and asks, "So, do I come here often?" I don't know, that's the end of the joke. All right, I'm going to read this. Um, I'm going to read this. I am writing this part of my message to you on the morning of my birthday. I just put my phone down after reading birthday messages. I've reached an age where birthdays are not very exciting. But truthfully, birthday messages are. They can uplift us, encourage us, remind us that there are people who love us and who care about us. While writing this, Ann, who is a care coordinator at Lighthouse and on the PowerPoint today, came into the room I was working on and showed me a message that she had received from someone we had worked with years ago. The situation did not end real well, And now this person was writing to make an amends and report that she was doing well. It was very cool and quite uplifting. Messages are a part of life. What I'm doing right now, we actually call a message. Um, Truthfully, we get all kinds of messages every day. Um, Some of the messages are good ones, And some of the messages we get each day are not so good. In the Bible, God frequently sends messages and messengers. Uh, In fact, one could even say that the Bible itself is a message of God's plan and his love for us, for you. In the Bible are stories of messengers and messages. The prophets, for example delivered messages from God to God's people, the Israelites. Usually not very good messages. And so the sending of John the Baptist as a messenger to prepare the way for Jesus or to talk a little bit about what God was about to do, it was very consistent with the Old Testament and how God works. Wouldn't have surprised the people at all. And so when we read in verse 23 John even points to Old Testament messengers. John replied with the words or in the words of the prophet, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, delivering a message, clear the way for the Lord's coming. And in verse 8 it says John himself was not the light he simply he was simply a witness to tell about the light. He was there to deliver a message about the light. John was the messenger. He was not the Messiah. He was pointing to the Messiah. And it says that he was not the light. He was actually pointing to the light. So I wanted to give you that little history, but here's here's what I really wanted to talk with you about today. Um, I want to ask this question. Does God still send messengers today? Well, okay, we can all go home. I guess you got this one. Well, um, of course, I believe that God sends messengers today, and we're going to talk about that, not only me, but we'll talk about that together here in a few moments. Um, I I was remembering that um, when I was in a bad way um, with my addiction and my mental health um, some years ago, uh, I was uh, still serving in my last church, and um, I had gone with some from the church to uh, a, a, an event called the Leadership Summit. And uh, it's kind of an annual event that really, uh, really a great event. And there was a speaker by the name of Bill Hybels who was speaking. Um, and he was talking about messages. And he was speaking, of course, to pastors and to leaders. And he said uh, that, that, you know, whenever we, you know, pastors, leaders, but I would say anybody. Um, whenever we struggle with sins, whenever we're struggling with a behavior or something that's kind of getting us off track, we've talked about that lately, it's getting us off target, um, what, what God does is he usually gives us um, a little time to kind of work it out ourselves. And so um, if you are going through something right now, um, you may... Um, everything okay there, Michael? Michael? Okay, all right. Just a little distracting, so have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> so um, whenever we're going through something, God will often give us a little time uh, to, to um, work things out. And if you're going through something right now, you may be in that stage where God's given you a little time to kind of work some stuff out on your, your own, maybe make some decisions to, to get back on track. And then he says that if that doesn't work then eventually what God will usually do is he will send some messengers across your path to kind of get your attention. Say, hey, get back on track. And, um, you know, I was sitting there listening to this talk, and I was thinking, yeah, I've had quite a bit of time to work this out. And frankly, I had had some messengers um, who had kind of been sent by God, I'm sure, to kind of get my attention and help me to deal with some of the issues that I was dealing with. But um, I, that, didn't help very much. And then he said, "There's a third thing that often happens. Um, if um, it doesn't, if you're not able to work it out on your own, if you don't really listen to the messages, then God will eventually lower the boom, and you will end up having to suffer some consequences for whatever it is that you're going through." And at that time, I thought, "I don't want that to happen." Well, of course, that happened in my journey. Anybody here ever go through that, where uh, the boom kind of gets lowered? And and uh, and I thought. You know, God really does still today deliver messages. Um, If you have been on a recovery journey, chances are you can see people who have, it seems, been divinely directed in your path, who have maybe given you some messages to get back on track. Um, You know, for me, my wife, unfortunately, had to fill that role for a while. Um, I had some friends and some co-workers who um, spoke to me. Um, You know, once I got into the recovery journey and was kind of trying to figure things out for a while, um, I believe God brought a man who became a sponsor to me who was very, very helpful. Um, I had other people of faith um, who kind of I intersected with early in my journey who were such a blessing uh, for me. For some of you here, um, my guess is you've been able to identify some people, as I've talked about, people that God may bring across our path to help us get back on track. might be somebody that you um, met in jail, or a law enforcement officer. <laughs> um, it might have been somebody in prison, um, or in a treatment program, or just in a recovery group that you're a part of. So, um, Believe it or not, we are going to get to a question. Um, we're going to take a few of your answers. So here we go. Who, is, um, who has been a messenger who helped you get back on track in your life journey? Um, so if you'd like to answer, uh, these two uh, guys are going to run a mic. You stand up. We need brief answers, uh, and uh, you can share a little bit with us. All right. All right, Mike, you can stand on them up. Uh, I had a dream when my grandfather passed away. Two weeks prior, um, I had a dream with him and my mother in it, and my mother was in, she departed two years ago. Two weeks later, my uncle, I, I woke up feeling home, I think i just lost my poppy, and this was just a month or two ago. And then my Uncle Bobby calls me two weeks later, and he says, sorry, Michael, your uh, your grandfather just passed two weeks ago. And that, at that point, I knew it was my Uncle Bobby was the messenger. I knew I knew because they were in the same dream and they were two years apart. They were both in God's hands. Mm. Uh, thank you, Mikey. All right, Aurora. Uh,
1: good morning. Uh, I think for me it would be uh, sponsors, uh, family
0: members, and church uh, pastors in my journey that has helped me with God's measures or things like that. Thank you, Aurora. Hello, I'm Jason. Uh, mine would be the North Dakota justice system. Uh, If it wasn't for the corrections giving me my sentence, there's no way I'd probably be here. I'd still be running around, making a muck. But um, that two-year sentence they gave me was the best thing that ever happened in my years. Yeah, thanks, Jason, for your transparency. Appreciate it. All right, Marie.
1: Hi, I'm Marie. And um, the first person uh, who was sent as a messenger... Uh, and brought me to Jesus was a woman named Marilyn uh, in Reno when I was in jail and she became uh, my mother in Christ and life was really good and now through the second phase of tribulation and testing and messengers I believe that are being Placed in my life to help me in areas <clears throat> that are um, things I didn't want to really look at, like my reactions, and um, and the Lighthouse Church is um, helping me to get back on track because no matter where I am and no matter what I have to go through, I'm always welcome.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Maria. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Hey, Jerry. hey Jerry. Mr. Wolf, um, my sister fulfilled a promise to my dad and my mom that she would help get me off the streets of Phoenix. Mm. She called everywhere—hospitals, um, morgues, everything—and she found me after I'd been in the hospital for sixty days sick. I'm really blessed. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. So we're going to do um, one more, and then uh, we're actually going to have another question. And I, I think we have Louisa here. And, um, so um, we'll come back to you. We're going to ask another question, and everybody who already shared doesn't get to share. So, all right, here we go.
1: Um, so for me, the first person that comes to mind is my sister. Her na- name for short is Angel, and she really has been my angel because... Uh, Early in my childhood, I tried to like kill myself and stuff, and she like literally ran up the stairs and got onto the roof of the house uh, uh, to stop me from jumping down.
0: Thank you, Louisa. So um, yeah, I love those answers, and so I leave that up there just one second. I'm just going to ask you all to do a little thinking about this this week, okay? You know, who has been a messenger, who helped you get back on track? You know, there it might kind of open your eyes to maybe there have been some people who have been divinely sent, uh, who have kind of helped you get um, to where you need to be. Um, I'm also going to suggest that we have people as well that God um, brings across our paths who are, um, pointing us to the light, just as John was pointing people to the light. A couple of you already kind of answered that question in regards to your faith in Jesus. Um, and uh, they weren't necessarily the light, right? But they pointed us to the light. I will say that for me, my mom, of course, you know, I mean, your mom is your mom, but but she she had a, a great impact on me in pointing me to the light, um, as did a pastor that I had growing up. Um, But even more importantly, I had some high school buddies who were serious about their faith. Several of us became pastors, and they had a huge impact on me and just kind of pointing me, um, you know, not necessarily getting back on track in life, but pointing me towards the light of Jesus in a way that, that made a difference in my life. So, here we go. Um, who has been a messenger, who has pointed you to Jesus, the light. And if you answered the first question, we're going to ask you not to answer the second question. So, here we go.
1: Um, Hi, I'm Nikki. And um, when I was incarcerated, both Jenny Wall and Desiree came and took time out of their day to talk to us ladies um, in the morning and brought donuts. So I definitely came and went (laughs) and... uh, All they did was talk about what they've been through and then what they were doing now. And it was such an inspiration to me to be like, I could do that. And that pointed me towards the light.
0: Yeah, thank you. I love it when people answer questions that refer to some of the programs we work with. So thank you for that. Yep.
1: Hi, Lighthouse family. My name is Jamie. Um, When I was younger, uh, well, I didn't have you know, a lot of support in my life, and I started attending Wednesday, Sunday, or Wednesday school, you know, and uh, I never had a lunch, and all the other kids had brought a lunch to eat, and my uh, great-aunt Ruth was one of the Sunday school teachers there, and uh, she always packed a lunch for me and just showed me kindness, and then my aunt Bonnie would take me for periods of time and um, read the Bible and watch movies with me and uh, that stuck with me so later in life when I did come around to finding Jesus and God in my life um, I had something you know deep inside me that you know was able to come out
0: thanks Thank Jamie you. excellent alright one or two more anybody else want to answer this question anybody else alright in the back Flint <clears throat>
1: So, this is going to sound kind of funny, but back when I was a kid, um, I was laying in bed one night, and I started crying because I I was thinking about what happens when you die, Um, and that was a really scary time, and not long later, I was watching a movie, uh, The Three Musketeers with uh, Charlie Sheen, and he's a religious guy or whatever. I mean, he, he didn't have, like, the best character, but... That was kind of like the furthest back I can remember of someone having a belief in something, and that was kind of the start of my journey.
0: Ah, interesting! Using something like that—that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll wrap up there. I, I thank you for um, answering those, and I want everybody go back one more time, man want everybody to think about this question um, this week as well. Who has been a messenger that might have pointed you towards Jesus and the light? And Um, You know, we should give thanks to those people. We're all here for a reason. Um, You know, if nothing else, somebody invited you to come check out Lighthouse because they thought maybe that'd be a a good thing for you and your life. So I want to talk for just a moment about um, something that is really kind of geared towards those of you who have a faith in Jesus Christ and who are growing spiritually. And so if you're trying to follow Jesus in your daily life, um, you know, you need. You should know that God will send and use you to be a messenger. Um, that's kind of cool, right? And um, God may use you to send a message to somebody to get them back on track, or um, may use you to point somebody to the light of Jesus. And what I what I'd like to do is, um, I, I thought a little bit if that's true then we should be prepared to be messengers, right? And so um, I want to kind of share with you a little bit about some things that maybe you should know if you want to take seriously this idea that maybe God will help me uh, or use me to be a messenger to help somebody else um, in their life. Or perhaps to even point the light uh, to the light of Jesus. So I, I decided I was going to share just a few things that I, I hope are helpful, all right? Um, here's the first thing. Um, God's messengers are humble. Um, so if you um, want to be one of the God's messengers and you stand up and say, "Look at me, I am God's messenger, <laughs> chances are you're not going to be very useful." OK? <laughs> And so the reality is, is, that, is that often the kinds of places where God is going to put us and use us are places that are going to require our humility because we're not pointing to ourselves, right? We're pointing to the light or we're trying to get people on back on track. If you are a messenger helping people get on track or um, pointing to the light, it is not about you. Turn and tell somebody it is not about you. have a scripture to go with that. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, and then 5 through 7. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God is something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Okay, so number one, um, God's messages are humble. Second thing I'd like you to know, God's messengers deliver the message with grace. God's messengers deliver the message with grace, not judgment. So they don't hold up signs that tell people that they are going to hell. Instead, they have understanding and love. They don't use the Bible as a weapon. In fact, if you are someone who wants to grow in your knowledge of the Bible, you should know that as you grow in your knowledge of the Bible, your knowledge and understanding of grace should grow as well, and the grace that you show others as well. Use Jesus as an example. You know, we, I think we talked about this story a couple of weeks ago. Jesus tells about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. One of the sheep um, wanders off and, um, and the shepherd leaves the 99. He goes after the one. He finds it. He picks it up um, in his arms and gently and graciously brings it back to the flock. You know, we read in the, the gospel um, that John preached, or in other gospels, that John preaches a message of repentance um, and sometimes I think that there's kind of a theological misunderstanding about repentance um, in, in people of faith, um, and I think that we've kind of been tarnished a little bit by the people who do hold up signs that say, repent, you're going to hell, um, because repentance, uh, even the concept of repentance, is really a gift of God's grace, Um, And so let me just share with you just real quick what repentance means. If you've heard that word, it's, you know, we read that John shared a message of repentance. Repentance um, is literally to turn around. So if you repent, it means you're going in this direction, but now I'm going to go in this direction. So it means to make a turn in life. And the reason why that is so important is because because oftentimes um, we are going in the wrong direction. And so whenever you kind of think about the concept of repentance, um, I tend to believe that it is a message of grace and it is good news. So, for example, um, I know that some of you came here for the first time in a pretty difficult or dark place. Um, You would not have wanted to hear a message of, Well, you're in a difficult and dark place and that is going to be the reality for the rest of your life. We come here because we want to know that if we're in darkness, we can get out of there and go to the light, right? That's exactly what we want. And so the message of repentance is a good news of grace. You know, if you're in a bad place right now, there's hope, my friends. You can turn around and move towards a better place. That's a gift of God's grace. The darkness is not the final word, right? Um, So we point to the light. All right, Um, so God's messengers deliver the message with grace. Number three, most often God will use your own struggles to help people see the light. Most often, God will use your own struggles in the message you share to help others see the light. I think that that's so important. We talk about that quite a bit. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 16, this is such a powerful section of Scripture. It says this, Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because did, I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone ex- should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God has shown mercy and had his mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Do you think it's a coincidence that God chose a man who persecuted and put Christians to death to become the greatest witness or the greatest messenger the church has ever known? Absolutely not. It's not a coincidence. Your biggest struggle, your biggest weakness will likely be your biggest asset in what God wants to do through you. God wants uh, to use our weaknesses and our struggles in order to point people to the light. One of the things that is so important is transparency. And we're a pretty transparent place around here. Um, And uh, churches don't often excel at that, I know. Um, but we've really tried to create that culture. And I know that, that um, one of the things that's important to a lot of you is if you, you have a sense of, of trust in the relationship you and I have, um, it's not because, uh, you know, I went to school for a long time or I'm like this, just the best pastor ever. It's because you know I'm messed up like you are um, and that I've been in the same place that you've been. In fact, some days I'm still in the same place that you are. Um, because we know when somebody has been there, and it's those things that God will use us to help, uh, help others. You with me? All right. Um, number four. As a messenger, sometimes use words. In other words, your, your actions are going to speak a lot stronger than your words. In fact, if you don't care or love, for, love others, they're never going to listen to your words. So as a messenger, we begin through our actions. Your actions are going to speak louder than words. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Treat people with dignity, love, and respect. And then God will allow you to use words that will make a difference. People won't listen to you if they don't, if you don't care. Number five, um, I say this all the time to, to people. Um, remember how God works. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, rarely does God work in kind of a quick hurry like we usually work. You know, um, the Bible talks about how when it comes to spiritual matters, it's more about planting seeds and maybe watering seeds than it is um, you know, being in control and trying to share the whole message. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six. Uh, Paul says, "I planted the seed in your hearts. So Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow." Um, rarely do you have an encounter with somebody, and in the first instance, it's like this most earth-shattering thing that brings transformation. Usually, it's been an ongoing process that God has used people and messages and events in our lives to bring us to the place we're at. Um, I have a chain up here. I know many of you have seen me use a chain as an illustration. Um, it, uh, to me, it's just one of the best examples of how God often works. Um, I like to think of the, very, the, the many links in a chain as encounters that we have with maybe people that God has brought to our path, Maybe um, God has kind of intervened in some way that's gotten our attention. Maybe there's some things we've learned along the way that kind of build into us spiritually. I think this works not only um, from a faith perspective, but from a, uh, a recovery perspective as well. So I am mindful that when I have an encounter with somebody, um, I might be a link in the chain that is first of all dependent upon all the links that were there before and may not be the final place at all where God is leading somebody. It may be that, that you have come in your adult life to have a spiritual awakening where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you think, there was this one event that happened in my life and it just got my attention and there was this spiritual transformation. I can bet you that if you were thinking about it seriously, you would realize that, man, there were all sorts of links in the past. People, situations, places, places things that you've learned that have contributed so so that when this link came, um, you know, there was the foundation for God to begin to work. Um, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, God makes it grow. Um, I think it's such a beautiful image of how how God works. That means that if you are going to be a messenger, um, don't get discouraged if somebody um, who you're trying to help get back on track doesn't get back on track right then. They may be getting back on track down here and you're down here planting a seed, right? Um, And that encounter may be necessary. When you're wanting to share your faith with somebody um, as a message to point them to the light, don't feel like every time you encounter you have to give them the whole load sometimes share a little bit remember that you are a link and they're coming to faith in Jesus isn't under your control it's something that perhaps God is going to do uh, even in the future so um, you know you're in a marathon we're in a marathon not a sprint so I want to end this way Um, in the church world we are in a season called advent I don't know if you ever heard that before In the church world, it's meant to be a time of not just preparing our homes for Christmas and buying presents, but preparing our hearts. So today we heard about this John the Baptist who came 2,000 years ago and said, Get ready, the Messiah is coming. That was his message. I want to say to you, um, my friends, um, get ready. Get ready, Christmas is coming. I'm not talking about getting the decorations out or buying more presents. I'm actually talking about prepare your hearts uh, to receive his love and his grace, to receive the light of the world, Jesus, Um, and to to prepare yourself to be ready for what God wants to do uh, in your life. I want to be a messenger today. I just want to share, you know, do you know how much God loves you? You know, it's so easy for us to kind of forget that in the midst of our daily lives and the struggles we have. If you're going through something right now, God knows what you're going through. God knows all about it. He still loves you. I tell you all the time there's nothing you can do today that's going to make God love you more or less than He did yesterday. Nothing you do today is going to make Him love you more or less tomorrow. His love is 100% unconditional and covering of all the struggles that you are going through.